0: The following message is presented by Bayou Vista Baptist Church in Morgan City, Louisiana. For more information, go to the website www.bvbch.org. Now the message. This morning we're going to begin a series through November, A Life of Thanksgiving. And what is Thanksgiving? What is appreciation? Uh, What do those things mean? How do they play out? And you guys, I think, have figured out, um, I love spirituality, I love the Lord, Um, I love His Word. I also have a passion for the psychology of humanity. And kind of those pieces, those mechanisms in our minds and our hearts that the Lord uses to work together to reveal to broken humanity The glory, the splendor, and the hope that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, when we got kicked out of the Garden of Eden, something happened psychologically. We were now alone, we were broken, and our lives were in constant crisis and chaos. And one of the readers I was reading this past week actually wrote A life without the gospel is chaos because it makes no sense. It has no organization, and it has no purpose in where it's pointed. But a life with the gospel has an understanding that today we must deal with the fallen world, but tomorrow he may come. Now, one of my interests in psychology and counseling in Christianity, and as a father, husband, young man, and older man, I'm 43, um, It's been anxiety. What is it that fuels anxiety? Where does it come from? Majority of people struggle with it at some point. Some choose to get assistance. Some choose to just stay in its grasp. But it happens at all levels. Some anxiety from PTSD or a severe traumatic situation in life. But anxiety is when life does not go like it should have something happens in our lives great or small that that is not that relative to produce anxiety but when that happens you have to accept that it happens and then you live in fear of something relative to that ever happening again and so we often grow up Right, Reading little books as children when the ending is always happy, right? The hero always wins. And so we're taught to be good and God will bless us, right? We're taught when we're young, grow up and God will protect us. And then at some point in life we realize... God allows bad things to happen. And so that pulls into question our whole construct as young people of what's called our theology, our study of God. And so all of a sudden we're put in this juxtaposition that God is loving and good or is God actually not active in creation? Because if he's active in creation, then why did this happen? So then we live the rest of our lives hoping God has some goodness to him. So maybe bad things won't happen. And maybe he's going to secure my eternity in heaven. But I'm still trying to figure out what that was and how that happened. And I'm trying to fix the problem fit the pain and the hurt in my life into this idea that God is loving and sovereign. Because we've talked a lot lately about the attributes of God. And if God is sovereign, and again, we're going to elevate ourselves to a position of deity. To a position of equality with Him. That's our condition. That's what we did in the Garden of Eden. We wanted to be like God. So in our private meditations and reflections upon life we say god is not just fair kind loving tender merciful and gracious because this happened to me or this worked out for me and so when you do that you're making yourself the center of his universe and not his glory so then there's a problem God becomes your servant, not your savior. Does everyone understand where I'm tracking here in in thought processes, philosophy and psychology? So, if I can label him as unfair or unjust, then I can use him relationally. Then I can serve him when it works for me. I can worship Him to the degree I desire because there's still a chance He might be God. And if there's a chance He's God, I don't want to burn in hell. Right? I mean, I, I don't want to go to hell. I know that one thing. If it's, as, if it's half as bad as the Bible says it is, I don't want no part of that. So it's still in my best interest, and this is how we bargain. It's still in my, still in my best interest to respond to some capacity of his deity. Like I, I should probably go to church. It's only an hour or two. I should probably be grateful for a few things because I do see some goodness. And so I want to set that 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 part of the human situation and in, in, psychology before we get into this verse because in the past when I've worried or been anxious about something people just say oh don't worry and I'm like how do you do that how do I not worry you know Aiden teaching Aiden to drive I'm worried right he's doing great but it's, I've told him, son, it's hard, it's harder to have a wreck by yourself than it is with two vehicles. So when that other vehicle's coming, cause you know what people are doing when they're driving? You don't even see eyes anymore. You just see the top of their head. And so I'm teaching him when you're going down that road, this is a worried parent too. Watch that line. And son, if they swerve, you just pull over and stop. Just let them dummies go by because you can't trust no one else driving. Right? And then watch the stoplights. Watch the taillights. Because, man, I'm concerned, to put it spiritually. But the real world's worried. Because there's a big old world out there. And I want to do everything in my power to protect my children. And I was telling someone the other day, the scariest thing is when I'm sitting over there in the passenger seat, that brake doesn't work. (laughs) And so, why don't they put two brakes? I mean, even for you wives or husbands that are in the passenger seat, would that not be a significant peace of mind? If it ever comes out, I'm copywriting it right here on this day. All royalties go to me. But I was just thinking, boy, if I could just stop it. If I could just, anyway, let's get back to this. So, people have said to me, Eric, you just, you don't need to worry about it. And then, I'm thinking through this, how do I not worry in a fallen world that is unpredictable, except to one end? And that's His glory. I believe the Bible. Do you say amen? Amen. All right. I believe He's coming back and it's closer than ever. Amen? Amen. So there's a few things I can say I know, but as far as the little details of my life, those are the things I've worried about. I can tell you, Israel and that part of the country, that's bad right now. But I didn't stay awake this week thinking about that. I stayed awake. Awake this week thinking about worries in our family, for our extended family, situations that would hurt me. And so for someone to say, or Scripture to say, don't worry, well you can't just tell me that. You're going to have to tell me how that works. i like to know how things work. How the mind works, how the heart works. I've spent half my life studying how the church works. Still haven't got a clue on that deal. How many committees does it take for a church to function? So God, if you're going to tell me, and some of your versions will say don't worry, and some will say don't be anxious. Uh, Worry is the beginning anxiety is the product same family but it's a ladder you have to worry before you can be anxious anxiety is the spiral where you believe something that's not true a false reality becomes reality in your life and so it says don't worry and and so i'm sitting back saying okay lord what is the cure to worry and it gives it i've never seen it before Chapter 4, did I tell you Philippians? There you go. Let's go to the book of Philippians. Hey, if y'all have your Bible with you this morning, would you join me in Philippians? How many different ways can a preacher say that? I don't know. But we're going to be in the book of Philippians. In chapter 4, not 1, 2, 3, but 4. Don't go to 5, just 4. Philippians chapter 4. When you see something that excites you, and I just got excited, and I hope you're lighter when you leave. Philippians chapter 4. I thank you my Gideon brothers sharing with us this morning. Phenomenal uh, report, and God's word never returns void. We have that promise. It is alive, sharper than any two-edged sword. Um, so de- definitely I'd encourage you to support them any way you can. So if you're there in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6, if you would stand out of recognition in the reading of his infallible and inert words, serving as a final authority in all matters of faith and practice. Now I need you to follow me close. I'm going to move quick. I've kept you over the last two weeks. I'm thinking about food too. Do y'all ever realize that? And so when y'all start dozing off, I mentioned food. And then y'all come back too. Now you may be thinking about food, but you paying attention. Because you want me to hurry up. I got y'all down. Here it is. Verse 6. It says, don't worry about anything. I say, what? Don't worry about anything. But in everything, through prayer and petition. Someone will say prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. It doesn't sound like there's that much there, but get ready. Lord, we love you and we thank you for this morning, and Lord, I pray the truths that you've revealed to me in my times of worry and fear and concern and anxiety will come to life in the lives of your people. Lord, this life is beautiful and wonderful, and it's not the best to come, but it's the best we know. And in the best we know, it's broken. Lord, it's, it's full of lies and deceit, confusion, destruction. And so it's hard to us imagine, Lord, anything but what we know, and what we know we do know is broken. So Lord, we fear being hurt, we fear losing. You never created us to lose a life, a relationship, a love. So Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, you'd open the hearts that do govern the minds in Christ Jesus and put us in, Lord, a faith that passes all understanding. It is in the name of the sovereign King of kings we pray. Amen. You be seated, friend. first... Normally I'm not real good at points, but I want you to jot these down if you can. In verse number six, first part, I want us to look at the human condition. It says, Don't worry about anything. Don't worry about anything. Well, do you know what anything means? Everything. So he's immediately calling me out for worrying about big stuff and little stuff eric don't worry about anything so eric i know i already know you're going to be worried about stuff that doesn't even matter and i'll be driving home sometimes i like the radio and sometimes i just like to worry I like to turn it off and just go over things in my head and try to figure out the million different outcomes of any given scenario and what the probabilities of those may or not be given the circumstances that are employed in each unique situation. That's where I have fun. So then I catch myself, Lord, why why am I even processing this? Because here's the thing. I can only control what I'm responsible for, right? Now, there's a hand of God that oversees, allows, and at times, superimposes, which means He makes it happen. And so He says, Eric, don't worry about anything. So first, He's calling out the human condition that we're all fallen, we're all living in a broken world, and we all struggle with faith. I struggle with faith. I try to struggle believing things are going to work out because sometimes His glory is not or does not feel like my good. Can anyone else agree with that? Say amen. I mean, I want God to be glorified, but I want it to be good for me. Does that make sense? I want to be full, but I don't want to have to eat earthworms. you understand the difference? Yeah, that was a weird analogy. It's probably one you've never heard in church. But we've been watching Fear Factor. And that's where it came from. Okay, I want to win the 50 grand, but skip the earthworm part. So he starts here, don't worry about anything. And that's our condition that we are going to worry. You can't say you don't worry, you may worry about different things, but we all worry. Man, sometimes I worry and I tell Jeanette, I'm sick, I may not live. My headache hurts so bad, I think I've got an aneurysm, Jeanette, take me to the ER. That, that's worry. We all worry. So, did I tell you about the worms and the fish? No, let's skip. Let's go on. Okay. Um, oh, I have to. Um, we better move this, this side. We're not going to get out on time. I'm sorry. But aren't you hungry? Praise the Lord. I mean, just think about that food. It's coming. It's coming. Well, we cleaning them fish, and they got worms in them. I don't know if y'all knew that, but y'all's fish is wormy. Okay, back where I come from, we don't have stuff like that. So I was cleaning them things, and I rolled that over, and them worms was crawling out meat. (laughs) And I tried to keep going, and uh, when I was done, I took them in, and I just couldn't get out of my head, so I just went outside and threw up. I mean, at some point, and then Jeanette was cooking them, preparing them, and then we, we grilled them last night, and all I could think about while I was eating was I was going to find a worm. I mean, now that now let me tell you, there's some things that worry has no basis. And there's some, some th- times I'm telling you, you just better worry. And if you're going to eat a fish down here in South Louisiana, you just better live worried, all right? And I asked the game warden about him, and he said, oh, they just dissolve when you cook them. Well, what if they didn't? That's worry for you. Let's keep going. So he says, don't worry about anything, Eric. Don't worry about it, brother or sister. Don't worry about it. Now, Lord, you can't tell me not to worry about it unless you're going to tell me the process out of this worry. Because I've even had some people tell me, go take your worries and lay them at the altar. Well, what does that mean? Well, what, is that, what does it mean for me to trust God? What does that look like? How do I get this crazy head of mine from worry to faith? He, he tells us. Number two, the human position. Don't worry about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition or supplication. Let me tell you how this is the human position. I'm down here, get this, helpless. I'm absolutely out of control about every facet of my life but what goes on in this head. man? I'm not even going to ask you if you'd like to control your my, wife's mind. You just want to understand it, right? I mean, that, that'd be a good little start for us. But I don't control this world. I'm a responder in this world. And so he's telling me, Eric, don't worry about it, but... Go to the Creator through prayer and supplication. Prayer is a conversation with a higher power. Supplication or position, and listen to the definition, God chooses every word for a reason. Prayer, supplication, and petition. Supplication and petition are when you go to a higher authority in humility and ask for them to do their bidding on your behalf. You would petition the president. You would petition a king or queen. You would go in supplication, submission. It's a position. So he's telling me that when I'm worrying, Eric, realize because I didn't die on the cross, I didn't create... I'm sustaining, I'm involved so that you can trust me. And I've told you all good things work to the good of those who are my people. And good may not feel like good today, but I'm in control so that tomorrow's still coming. But Eric, here's the other thing. I have no idea. And here's what I like to do. I like lists. If I don't have lists, I'll, I'll, I'll run around in a circle all day long. So, every morning, I try to end my mind, whether it's homework, job stuff, works, I try to have a list of things that are necessary for me to accomplish. And I try to do that the night before. Now, the night before, I feel like I would be better served thanking the Lord for the day that he had just given me, then I would be already living in a promise that has not come to fruition. So here's the crazy of that I'm already taking for granted what he hasn't given me rather than enjoying what he has given me. So worry is me creating a scenario. I remember when Jeanette was diagnosed, and I remember we were laying in bed talking about potential futures, and she told me she, you know, would hope that I would get married again. Now, when you're there and you kids, you're just trying to figure it out, all right? You're just doing the best you can, and folks, that's what we do anyway. Ain't one of us in here super righteous or got anything together. But I started thinking about that. Then I started worried about that. And I thought, you know what, Lord, today's all I got, right? That's what he tells us. So worry, worry has no place in the present. Worry is only for a time that has not existed yet. Does that make any sense? I'm not worried about it right now. I'm right here. I'm right here. Now, I'm worried about what's for lunch. But right now, I'm okay. And so there's no worry. Now, what are my worries? My baby's growing up. Who are they going to marry? Just hoping they don't marry y'all's kids. (laughs) I'm kidding. Human condition, the human position. So he's asking me... To not just communicate with him, but communicate with him in the recognition of his authority and position. Not like I would another human being. But who I would communicate to as the creator and sustainer. That's a big difference. So first, for me to even address my worry... I need to understand my condition that I'm broke and I'm going to worry because I want to be in control. And just like Adam and Eve, I still want to be God and I want everything to happen just my way. That's my condition. Now my position is I'm going to have to submit to who he is. I don't trust y'all to take care of the things in my life. You know, I can't fix your situations. So how would I bring him down to the human horizontal plane and still have faith? You see, we're either bringing him down to humanity or we're going up to deity if we don't trust him. So I've got my my condition I've got to write my position so that my prayers are to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And I've got to believe he hears and answers his prayers according to his riches in glory and his will for all eternities. That makes sense? Say amen. All right. Stay with me. I'm about done. Number three, the human disposition. Don't worry about anything, but in everything through prayer, petition, supplication with what's it say? Oh. So the disposition of humanity is our inability to appreciate anything. How hard is it for you to say thank you? How hard is it is for you to say I'm sorry? You know, I made a point around the house because I used to be really bad at this—just thanking people, thank, thanking the boys for helping me. Or, or Jennifer Clean, or thank you for dinner, and just trying to be someone that understands or grasps gratitude because I don't want anyone in my home to be unappreciative. Now, those are my words. I still have a heart to deal with. But he's saying, son, given who you are, given what you really think about me and how you treat me, you need to get something right. And that's that every good gift comes from the Father. Wow, so I'm complaining about this, but I have not been grateful for this. You know what bro- always broke my heart? We are, they were just kids. But we'd re- get them presents, and we always tried to spend the exact same thing on them. It was about eight dollars and fifty cents. That was that was the budget. But sometimes one gift would be physically larger than the others, and I could not. I'm, I like giving stuff. I couldn't wait. Christmas is my favorite, and I love baby Jesus. But them presents they fun too. All right. So we get on the gifts, we go, and we try to dump them somewhere, blindfold them, or give them Benadryl in the car while we go in and get their gifts. And then we come out, and we hide them in wrapping paper. But sometimes, you know, there'll be a big old gift, and it'll just be a cheapie. And then there'll be a little SD card with a game on it that cost me $1,450 at Walmart on sale, right? It didn't, but you get what I'm saying. But the boys come in and they see those things and Anna sees those things. They want to know whose is the big one, right? Because in our mind, right, it's the big, the big is better. Well, God, Lord, I can't worry about or compare Or get anxious about anyone else's life because this is the life you've given me and I need to be thankful about it. And if I'm thankful for it, I'm not going to worry what someone else has or doesn't have or whether I'm going to get it because what you got, you got for me. And what the kids knew is that big old baby doll... Life-size baby doll that come from the flea market wasn't near as much fun as that little Game Boy SD card that was in that little package. Or bullets. We like Bullets. So again, we're looking around and we're not being grateful for this little life that God gave me in this big old world. And my life ain't got to be big, but I've got to give it to Him. And He's going to make it beautiful. Even with my bad attitude at times, things will still be good, but I've got to deal, recognize, respond, understand, and relate to Him being the Creator, me being His Son, and me just having a bad attitude. That's all it boils down to. Because bad attitudes is when I'm not grateful. Friend, you, you want to show me a, a person with a bad attitude, I'll tell you someone that has no idea what God's given them. The very fact that you've been delivered from the pit of an eternal hell should put a smile on your face that ain't nobody wiping off. Right? So Oh, man. Let's go. Y'all been patient. Number 81. Uh, So let's go back. we got the human condition, the position, the disposition, and number four, the heavenly provision. Don't worry about anything, son, but in everything, every big, small thing, through prayer, petition, or supplication, you submit yourself with requests, from you as a human, broken human being, to me as a creator, sustainer, and you present your requests to me. Don't deal with it in your head. Don't feed it. You know I'm not. I'm not being mean to animals. I'm standing right here. Uh, that was active, tense, but. We used to have stray dogs get dropped, dropped off. Me and Jeanette, we first got married. We lived down at the River Bottoms, and a lot of stuff happened down in the River Bottoms. But people would bring old stray dogs down there. And you see them, and, and, and they're hungry, and then what do you have a temptation to do? Then what are they going to do? Worry, Satan is like an old stray dog. He wanders around till you feed him. And so does worry. And then, man, it just digs in and makes its home. So he says, make your petitions. Don't deal with them in your own head. Don't try to figure out eternity past and how this event plays into your, my glory because I've already figured that out for you. All you need to do is be grateful for the children you have, be grateful for the spouse you had, and know no one else's spouse is better. I bet that 99%, they just play really friendly in front of other people. Do you realize that? no everybody plays you all walk into church like you love jesus and everything in your life is perfect and you're gonna fight before you get home probably fought before you got here so no he or she ain't nicer they ain't prettier they just got more makeup on or fixed their hair the best thing you got going is what god gave you does that make sense and anything else in this old world until he, he ordains it for you according to his provision is the last thing you want. Don't want what God has not given you. It says make your request known to him. Not to yourself. Don't sit around and think about how bad you want something. Be grateful for what you do have. And the peace of God. Whew. If you'll do that, the peace of God, which surpasses all my understanding, and do you know where that word come from? My understanding. Like, I'm the problem, and so are you. All understanding will guard my heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Y'all know we got some big old dogs. And if y'all come in the yard, I cannot guarantee you're going to live. All right? And they're in pens, but they'll eat chain link to protect the family. Do you know why I have them? Because I used to go to the hospital all night, all hours of the night. And I've just, I have just—I don't do that anymore unless it's a severe emergency. But it seemed like I was gone all the time. And so we got the biggest, nicest dogs You can find, because I thought, I want someone to be afraid to even come into my yard, much less get near my house. Now, God is sovereign. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And it says, if I'll do these things, He'll protect my heart and mind. Which means he keeps the evil. That I've allowed in. Away. And let me tell you a little. This, this I hope it resonates in the way I intended it. To question God as a believer is evil. Either God is sovereign. And I'm questioning his love and his his provisions, his protections, or I'm questioning them. God knows I'll question him, but that doesn't mean it's righteous. When I go to my worry, when I internalize my problems, when I pull away from his presence, when I no longer hunger for his word and time and prayer, friend, that is not at all What Christ was on the cross for. And so in closing, be careful when you eat fish here. Friend, I'm gonna ask if you would just bow your head and close your eyes as we close in prayer. And again, I've been in a hundred church services where you know, pastors, evangelists, whatever, told people to bring their worry to the Lord. Well, that is something we all need to do, but as we just read, there's a process to that. One is I've got to realize why I'm so worried. I've got to realize that and recognize that I live in a fallen world, and God did not equip me To lose loved ones. We were all supposed to live with them forever. We've talked about that. Now what I've seen in my life. Is a lot of pain. With the. Children's services in Missouri. Foster care in Arkansas. I heard stories and nightmares from kids. That I will never be able to forget. And then they. They got to grow up with these stories. And. So, I, you know, I could tell him let that go, but I've been trying to figure out, Lord, what is the process of healing? And this was the first time I saw a process, a, a process of a spiritual result in a way that we can, in our minds, understand. It's there. We've just got to find it. And I can't find it unless I don't look. So first is i got to realize my condition I'm broke. Even as a believer, I'm still in a fallen world. Paul says, why don't I do these things I don't want to do? And why can't I do the things that I know you want me to do? So my condition and my position is I must surrender. I must recognize, Lord, that when I pray, you do have control over this. And whatever you decide, I must surrender to It's not about whether I want to. It's your God and I am not. And so I'm worried about things I can't even do anything about. Why wouldn't I take them to you who is in a position to do something? And then I've got to see my disposition that I'm not grateful for anything. You know, we we just take advantage of people. We're unkind to people, especially those closest to us. A grateful person will show their spouse a gratitude, at least that we show strangers. And I mean that the way I said it. Treat your spouse better. And last is, Lord, you do have a provision for me, and it's protection. But I've got to follow the truth of this passage and it's a process so I'm going to ask you if you would stand and friend if there's anything that you're worried about anything that's eating at you the altar is always open uh, the altar is symbolic of a, a spiritual move to recognize a, a, a physical recognize a spiritual but not, I'm, I'm not going to say come leave it at the altar I'm going to tell you if there's something Pray that you would begin to respond to who God is. How can you give something to somebody you don't even know? How can you trust somebody you don't even know? I'm not saying you're not saved. I'm saying where are you with his word? Where are you with the prayer and the petition that he mentioned? If you do not know him as your Lord and Savior, please come. Let me me pray with you. That would be the joy of my day. It would make heaven rejoice. If you need to rededicate your life, if you need to follow in baptism, anything, I'll be right here in the front pew. I'd love to help you. But the altar's open. You do what you need to do over the next few moments. Lord, have your way. Amen. The preceding message was presented by Bayou Vista Baptist Church in Morgan City, Louisiana. For more information about a relationship with Jesus Christ or about Bayou Vista, including contact info, go to the website www.bvbch.org. Thank you for listening, and may God bless you.